Hello. Hey, you're a normal volume. Awesome. All right. Today, um, it's crossover chicken, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I was having a hard time coming up with something for this one. So I think I've I've come up with one that's like a like last time I definitely between the two of us came up with the more obscure like thing. Yeah, yeah. The, and and yours was the more recognizable one. This time I think I brought the the more popular one to the table. Okay. Yeah, yours, yours has a higher chance of being more obscure since we've had more time to think about it. Yeah. I, I I thought about it uh, yesterday. Like there was an idea I had, like a, a franchise or property or whatever, like a month ago, the first time we did it. I've been having that in my back pocket. Then I thought of another one yesterday, but the one I thought of a month ago weighed out, so I'll probably still go with that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been uh, um, I've finally been like really getting into what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Like actually watching it after I watched that first episode, how however many weeks ago, yeah, and, uh, it's put me into a little bit of a, a a gothic monstery sort of mood. If that gives any indication into what I'm leaning towards, I got you. So yeah, um, but yeah, so I'm just gonna go ahead and introduce the episode right away. Okay, sounds good. I don't I don't have a whole lot to talk about free episode i didn't do or hear about a whole lot this week yeah there's there's not a whole lot i mean like i mean there was that black adam trailer yeah it's like uh black adam okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. i care i think well that's the thing is like i was talking to some people earlier this week about it and they were basically the same they're like i mean it's happening like they they didn't hate it or anything they're just like indifferent about it yeah, it's like okay, yeah, cool. Another yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the pile. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, welcome to Store Brand Comics, everybody. I'm T.O. And I'm Brandon. And today we're doing our second ever episode of Crossover Chicken. Who's gonna blink first? Neither of us, because we're supposed to. It's it's. I call it crossover chicken because the idea is that like, oh, we're mashing these two things together. But it's like, that's like the least ideal situation for a game of chicken. Honestly, though, is nobody flinches. Oh yeah. When you when you really think about it, that's like the the worst case scenario is nobody chickens out. Yeah, it just lasted in eternity. Yeah, or they smash into each other and both die. True. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I mean by chicken, right? I'm not talking about that thing in like where two people get onto two other people's shoulders in the pool. No, I, yeah, I just thought about like uh, like cars, like yeah. like chicken like, with like, cars. Yeah. Yeah, like two cars or two motorcycles drive at each other or at yeah, other yeah. And whoever chickens out first is the loser. Yeah. Yeah. There was an episode I, of Zombieland Saga that uh, concluded with a game of chicken. Oh, cool. I, I prefer, in real life, 
the pool like person like on your shoulders chicken compared to car chicken. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing fun. more fun than sitting on someone else's shoulders and drowning them while you <laughs> smack at another person doing the same thing as someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was only able to be, like, the person on the shoulders up until, like, age 10. And yeah. then after that, it's like, no, you're you're the guy at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me get my ladder. I'm going to climb up on your shoulders. <laughs> yes, I still need the ladder even when you're in the bowl. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so. Um, okay, so to explain to listeners crossover chicken is where me and brandon have both come up with an idea for one thing to cross over with another thing but neither of us have told each other what we came up with yeah so now we're uh this is the part you are about to hear us reveal our candidates for the crossover for the first time right now starting with brandon what have you chosen all right all right. I'll probably save uh, the one I thought yesterday for another time. I'm going to do the one that I thought of like a month ago. Because um, okay. I think I could probably, we could probably make it work with almost anything. So we'll see. My property is Breaking Bad. Holy crap. Okay. um explain breaking bad for those who might not know so for those that don't know breaking bad uh follows this guy walter white he's a chemistry teacher um he gets cancer and also i should mention he's a chemistry teacher and he's just like been taking crap not not his whole life but like from employees and employers and stuff like that he's yeah He's like an average American dad, basically. Um, He gets cancer, um, and he realizes he only has a limited amount of time to live. So an old student of his who has now graduated, who's like in his early 20s, named Jesse Pinkman, he finds him. Yeah, (laughs) I won't go into detail about that, but they... Uh, he basically recruits Jesse to help him make crystal meth because Jesse is like in that world, like he's a drug dealer and stuff and uh, recruits him to help him make crystal meth and sell it. And he wants to use that, like, like raise a bunch of money before he dies for his family. That's the general premise. As it goes on, Walt realizes he enjoys this like enjoys like the craft of making meth but not entirely that it's more like he enjoys the power he he becomes like a kingpin as it progresses and he becomes like you root for him in the beginning it's like this 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 guy who's just trying to make money for his family but as it goes on it's like oh like he's like having people killed and all this stuff and he's the, the classic line where he's talking to his wife and she's like, what if they, what if bad guys knock on our door and try to kill us? And then he looks at her. He's like, I am the one who knocks and like stuff like that. Yeah. Walt gets really crazy as the series goes on and becomes 
more and more a villain as it goes on. Yeah, yeah. The show is really about watching Walt become the villain. Yeah. All right. So the the reason I said holy crap isn't because I came up with the same idea. Um, I just realized like this is going to be really interesting and potentially really stupid like last time <laughs> with what I have. Okay, so I think we probably picked something of equal popularity this time. Yeah. Because this time I didn't choose a whole like franchise or setting or world or anything. I just kind of picked one character out of it who can be adapted into nearly anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I chose Frankenstein's monster. Okay. Nice. Um, so for anyone who might, yes, I am actually going to do this for anyone who might not be aware. Frankenstein's monster is a character from the uh, 19th century novel Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus by Mary Shelley, the mother of science fiction and like the gothest woman who ever lived. Yeah. Um, uh, it's the story of Dr. Victor Frankenstein, who is trying to like unlock the secrets of life through science. So what he does is he um, digs up a bunch of graves, he defiles a bunch of graves, assembles a facsimile of a human body out of stitched together corpse parts. Um, and uh, through his evil science manages to uh, revive the corpse as a new entity altogether thus creating life um and that and that creature that he brings to life this this stitched together corpse thing is known as frankenstein's monster and for the sake of brevity for the remainder of the episode we shall be referring to this monster as frankenstein yeah um so frankenstein has been adapted and readapted into movies, comics, video games, TV shows, radio plays, you name a piece of entertainment media, Frankenstein has appeared in it at some point. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like Frankenstein is one of the most, like, enduring cultural icons ever created. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and that's, and that's, you know, so that explanation probably wasn't needed. The Breaking Bad explanation probably wasn't needed, but that's just a part of what we do here. Yeah, yeah. In case anyone isn't familiar or that familiar with either property. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's why I say we probably picked something of roughly equal popularity. Because at this point, there's not a whole lot of people who haven't heard of either Breaking Bad or Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, like uh, ten years ago, every back when memes were just like there was no such thing as like a GIF or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, the the meme of Jesse saying "science beep" like that <laughs> that was that was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, science beep word. Yeah. Something tells me that this episode of our podcast isn't going to be as hard hitting as your average episode of Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll uh, have Jesse be like, "Yo, Mister White, you're a swell fellow." Yeah. Yo, Mister White, started going to a youth group and found Jesus, <laughs> cleaning up my language and my image. 
Yo, Mr. White, I I went to the youth group. I've been doing good and all that, and I'm now going to become a youth minister. <laughs> Jesse has a I youth can't minister. sell crystal meth with you anymore, Mr. White. He just shows up the next day, and he's wearing like the uh, the stereotypical youth minister garb. It's like yeah. the V-neck. It's like the the tight shirt, tight pants, the beanie. Yeah. The necklace. Yo, the Mr. Scarf White, around the neck. 16 says. <laughs> I imagine anytime Jesse needs to like make a moral point, he would just quote John 3.16, like <laughs> change it every time. Yo, Mr. White, John 3.16 says neat. You need to love your neighbors as you love yourself. Uh, Jesse, I I don't go to church or anything, but I'm pretty sure that's not what it says. Yo, Mr. White, John 3.16 says you should forgive those who have wronged you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. <laughs> Jesse, I don't... You're right that it's it's in the New Testament, but I don't think you realize... The book isn't called John 3.16. It's called the Bible. Yo, Mr. White, John 3.16 says he who is without sin should cast the first stone. <laughs> Jesse, I think you need to read I think you need to read the Bible a little a little more. <laughs> Maybe memorize some addresses a little better. <laughs> Like yes, that that is in hey, there, Mr. Jesse, White, but it's not. It's not the verse you're quoting. Yeah. Hey, Mister White, this one's relevant. John three sixteen says, "Judge not, lest ye be judged." So how about you step off? Biblical misquote youth pastor Jesse is the funniest idea I think we've ever come up with. I think we should just end the podcast now because we're never gonna top that. Yeah, that's the that's the the multiverse of breaking bad. Everybody We peaked. <laughs> All right, all right. So Breaking Bad meets Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. It's like Alvin and the Chipmunks meet Frankenstein, except with Breaking Bad instead of Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's like Abbott and Costello, if they made meth, meets Frankenstein. like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman except instead of the Wolfman it's Jesse and Mr. White <laughs> in their meth RV Frankenstein I, meets the meth man I don't 
I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Breaking Bad. It's so good. It's one I'm of my sorry, favorite shows. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it for a long time, but I've only seen bits and pieces here and there. My dad got really into it for a while. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, like, I watched it through more than once. Yeah, I've seen it at least twice, maybe three times, at least twice, though. But yeah, I remember there's one episode where, like, they're in, it's like season three or four, they have, like, a nice meth lab, basically, and a fly (laughs) comes. (laughs) Well, well, like, they have, like, a backer who's, like, basically providing and stuff, like, Gus Bring, the, the chicken guy. Um, and like, uh, there, a fly gets into the, the lab and the entire episode. Yeah. The entire episode is Walt trying to kill this fly. And like when I was younger and saw the episode, I was like, this is boring. But as you get older and you watch, it's like, it's actually a pretty good episode because it's Walt is in remission of his cancer and stuff, but like, he's in too deep. There, well, there, there's stuff that they they talk about both him and Jesse while trying to kill this fly. That's like really interesting. Like Jesse had a relative who had cancer, and like when it came back, like she was like seeing things. Like like she said, like there was a I can't remember. It was like a cat that uh, she tried to shoo away, but it just kept coming back or whatever. And he was like the cat was never there or anything. And then at the end of the episode, Walt's laying in his bed, not in the meth lab, at his actual house. And like the the smoke detector, how it has like that blinking red light, a uh, a fly flies onto that smoke detector. Uh-huh. And it's like, uh, uh, Walt's cancer is back. Poop. Okay. Interesting. That's interesting. But yeah, all right. So, okay. So Walt and Jesse are trying to kill this fly, and they found buried in the concrete foundation of their meth lab is Frankenstein's monster. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, a part of killing this fly involved getting a jackhammer and digging up the floor. No, but honestly, that that almost sounds possible because Walt was like willing to tear up stuff to get and kill this fly in that episode. We, we need somebody to throw it, Jesse. Tear up the floor. <laughs> make make grab throwable ch- chunks of concrete. Yeah, grab chunks of the floor and we'll throw it at the fly. <laughs> Can you imagine that's that's where the breaking bad timeline diverges. They they uh, in this new reality, they tore up the floor to try and kill this fly and found Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> uh, would be, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, okay, let me see. Because honestly, that wouldn't be a bad starting point. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a starting point. Yeah. Let's see. Um, hmm. All right. I think I've got something. Okay. So, so 
Okay, so Walter White, does he deal with like any Mexican cartels at all? Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a major thing is dealing with the cartel. Okay, all right, all right. I think I've got something then. So like two hundred years ago, um Victor Frankenstein brought the monster to life. Mm-hmm. You know, all the stuff happened. You know, he got a he 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 was afraid of the monster. He ran away into the Arctic. You know, the 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 guys on that ship found him. He told them the story of the monster and all that. Then the monster came and found him, and you know, all the events of the book happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the monster when he when he left just kind of wandered wandered the earth he's immortal as most versions of frankenstein are yeah yeah he's he's done all sorts of things seen all sorts of things he's been he's been finding himself um he's been eating he's been praying he's been loving <laughs> um and uh eventually you know he he finds himself you know most uh, mo- most comfortable in like a mercenary style line of work, right? Like you know, he, like you pay this guy to to do a job for you, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Walter White recently has become a big problem for for the cartels. So what yeah. the cartels do is they hear about this, they they hear about this uh, 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 guy. He's he's like a monster. He's he's a mercenary type guy. He's like a monster. Uh, people people call him Frankie or Stitches or Patch or whatever that you want to call him. Yeah, yeah. Whatever sort of nickname you want to come up with for him, and uh, and so the the cartel pays him and they're like, all right, dude, if you can uh, or essay whatever they're gonna call him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can kill Walter White for us, we'll give you a lot of a lot of money. <laughs> and that's and that's the start of it. Okay, I got you. So it's going to be Frank. Oh my god, it's going to be Frankenstein versus Walter White. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's what this story is, and it's going to be called Franking Bad or um, <laughs> Breaking Stein. Breaking Stein. Breaking Stein. Breakenstein, yeah. Yeah. You just Frank, take the Frank, D out. Frankenbad, Breakenstein. Frankenbad, Breakenstein. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, okay, here's here's one thing. The same line with yours, but I, I'm for those that have seen the show, I'm, I'm altering it a little bit. Uh, the cartel almost sees Walt as like a gym, like uh, because he's able to make like the best meth ever in the country and stuff. Like they, they try to not, not like, like uh, uh, smooch up or, or baby him or anything, but they, if someone is trying to like harm Walt, they're willing to put a stop to that. But but Walt does so, have. So they don't outright treat him like an enemy, then. No, no. There are people in the show, like different rival groups and all that stuff, that do treat it like that. But it's more like 
if the cartel or anyone is trying to like get at Walt, like to get him back in line and making the meth or whatever, like he he's like trying to get too high in power or whatever, they'll like threaten family or something like that. Um, what I was thinking is Walt has, and he's one of the main characters in the show. Walt has a, a brother-in-law named Hank and he worked, he's a DEA agent. Um, what I was thinking was either maybe not the cartel is trying to like kill Frank to get to like hurt Walt or anything. It could be similar to the show where the cartel did hire like these two hitmen to try to kill Hank. Um, they were unsuccessful, but it could be similar to that where cartel hires uh, Frankenstein. He's like, like this is what it is. The two hitmen that went after him it failed and they were like okay we're, we're we're pulling out all the stops we're getting frankenstein and, and like some of the cartel guys are like frankenstein are you serious like the guy's a bit unhinged and what what they're talking about with that is like he's willing to kill anyone including this will lead into this eventually walt will find out about this and try to like indirectly help hank because hank doesn't know that walt is making meth and stuff that's not till long 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 time into the show um he doesn't know that walt's making meth and stuff walt's trying to like hide around that whenever he's with hank and stuff um so walt's not just going to be like next to hank like helping him he'll try to like indirectly help him and Frankenstein will see that or pick up on that and he will try to kill Walt. And like the cartel people, like the unhinged thing that they mentioned earlier, it's like, yeah, that's a bit of the unhinged thing is like, he will go and kill the person that you tell him to. But if anyone gets in his way, he's going to kill them. Even if it's the guy that the cartel is kind of trying to protect. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting premise. All right. So I think the key here is more or less, because we've kind of got the plot laid out in front of us now. Yeah. So I, this feels like it's going to be a real brisk one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the key here, I think, is to come up with a series of set pieces then. Yeah. Yeah. we got to have a meth lab. It can be the the... This is like season three or four at uh, three because they're still on good terms. Season three where he's working for Gus Spring, who's the Los Pollos Hermanos guy. Giancarlo um, Esposito. Yeah, yeah. He has a nice math lab and all that. Um, Jesse's still working with him, which at this point, yeah, we'll we'll probably keep Jesse at, at this point. Jesse is like sometimes doing errands for Mike, who's like a a henchman for Gus Spring, but Mike is like a a really cool character. He was also he's kind of like a hitman himself, um, but you don't you don't have to bring him into this. Um, but but we'll say at this point Jesse is still like 
working and making meth with Walt. Um, so yeah, a set piece. Got to bring meth lab in it somehow eventually. Oh, and and like f- true Frankenstein fashion, um, maybe Frankenstein gets like beat at the end, but it's in the meth lab and it's like a, a big explosion or something fire because yeah because that's that's like a common theme in all the frankenstein movies is like how frankenstein yeah. loses or dies or whatever at the end is like this big thing like like and i believe in the book the way that frankenstein's monster killed himself was to throw himself into fire okay because the book ends with the monster uh choosing to kill himself because Victor refused if I'm not mistaken to recognize him as an actual person oh okay I'll have to you see a lot of what I know about the book comes secondhand, so I'll have to actually read it myself someday yeah I gotcha I don't think it's too long yeah. so let's see we, we have okay so we have uh meth lab will be like the the final uh fight or battle or whatever you want to say basically where frankenstein quote unquote dies i say quote unquote because in the movies like he dies and then like the next movie we find a way to bring him back um uh so you have that to go in line with the more gothic theme of Frankenstein and then universal monsters and all that, like either a cemetery set piece or like some sort of like Gothic set piece at some point. Um, Let me think. Let's see. I like the cemetery idea because then you could uh, do things like Frankenstein is picking up gravestones and swinging them around and throwing them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because, in theory, he should be strong enough to do that. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Let me see. So, okay, so they hire Frankenstein, the mercenary, to go after Hank, to wipe Hank out, to kill him. Um, Let's see, let me think. Okay, okay. Now this is like truly going into a uh, uh, Breaking Bad timeline. <clears throat> what it could possibly be is those two henchmen went after Hank. They failed, like they, they died or whatever. Um, I can't remember exactly. But, or, or even if it's not that, let's say, like, let's say that happened. Because I, I think one of them did survive and they tried to kill Hank and they failed later on and stuff. Anyway, let's say that did happen, but the cartel is still hiring Frankenstein to kill Hank. Uh, some other DEA thing happened relating to Heisenberg. Like that's Walt's meth code name and stuff. Relating to Heisenberg or whatever. And Hank gets hospitalized again. Um, and Frankenstein... I'm thinking about it now <laughs> within the actual Breaking Bad universe and how I'm saying this would sound. Uh, 
I was thinking Frankenstein like like goes in like Michael Myers style into the hospital to go after Hank while he's in the hospital. I say Halloween because that's the that's Halloween too. Yeah. Ooh, and you know what? Okay, do you remember the hospital sequence from the second season of Daredevil? Um, where one of the Punisher's targets was in the hospital and he was going to finish the job with a shotgun? No, but but go on. I th- I think I remember that. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, because that was um like the first time Daredevil like really gave chase like to the Punisher and chased him across a bunch of rooftops. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. So um. So basically do that, like Frankenstein has like a shotgun in the yeah. hospital trying to get this guy. And um so would we say like Walter is already there to let's see, so yeah. Um because he said this Hank yeah. his brother in law. Yeah, it's his brother in law. So you could say, yeah, he's he's oh, this makes sense, at least in this point of whenever breaking bad is he's in like the room with Hank, like Hank is, uh, we'll, we'll say Hank's not unconscious. Like he's like talking with Walt, with Walt, but he's on like a, he's in the bed, like in the hospital bed. Um, and Walt's sitting next to him, like talking with him. And, and Walt feels like a bit guilty because the reason Hank's here, it's likely his fault because it's meth related or Heisenberg related, his injury, that sort of thing. Um, it's indirectly Walt's fault. Like it's likely a cartel guy of a cartel guy caused Hank to be here. Yeah. Um, so he feels a little bit guilty. He's talking with Hank as well. He's, he's also talking with Hank a little bit to like get Hank to talk some about like what the DEA is up to and stuff. Yeah. So Walt can be one step ahead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in that, you have that you have that whole scene and, and before this you you have the scene of like a cartel hiring frankenstein and you see frankenstein and all that so here they're having their conversation and sometime like walt is like a little cocky where he like slips up a little bit maybe hank says something and walt says something that sounds a little cocky and hank's like huh like that's odd you say and like before hank can like ask him what he meant by that you're a loud shotgun shot yeah. like like not out in the hallway but somewhere in the hospital close enough to where you can hear it like what the heck is that? an orderly just passed in front of frankenstein so he whipped out the shotgun and... well well what i was thinking <laughs> is like he was in my way well, well yeah what what i'm kind of thinking is like uh ultimately yeah frankenstein is going after hank but like Likely what it was is he was walking through and stuff and I wouldn't think he's just like straight up holding a shotgun walking through the hospital, even though that yeah, sounds like terrifying. Dreaming well before that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying like it, it's like uh, it, whatever vest or whatever he has, it's like hidden on his back, basically. Yeah. Not not like where you can see it, but within the shirt or vest or whatever. Yeah. Um, think oh no 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 okay okay the dea 
because uh, Hanks had run-ins with like the cartel members and stuff in the past, there's like a couple DEA agents outside his room or, or outside the, the little ward that he's in. So that's what you hear. It's, it's Frankenstein killing those DEA agents. (laughs) Yeah. So the shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Maybe the shotgun's a bit much. Maybe Frankenstein should go in unarmed and just kill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Cause yeah, it'd be fine. Right. Like they can shoot him and he won't die. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, around, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll go that route. Right. My my big thing is I was just thinking of the the part where like the alarms are going off in the hospital and stuff, and it's like it's scary and mass hysteria. But I'm like, ah, you don't have to do that for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they if they shoot him, that would still set off some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I assume. Yeah, yeah, part. yeah. Okay, so so yeah, he. He doesn't, I mean, likely he does have a gun, but he's not like blasting people. Like it's likely those DEA, DEA agents, he just like goes up, cracks her neck. Like no one's around when he's doing it. Yeah. Um, it makes me think what like, uh, maybe like somewhat outside the room. <laughs> you just hear someone like, hey, don't you look like first <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the opportunity to do some like creative, like slasher style kills. Like he pulls out one of the, one guy's like bottom two ribs and then stabs them into his throat. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's doing uh, he's doing some fatalities. Yeah, pulls out the other guy's jawbone and then jams it into his skull. <laughs> A lot of pulling out bones and then putting them back where they're not supposed to be. But that's just kind of my style. <laughs> like when I come up with uh with like gruesome deaths for like an unarmed assailant to deal upon someone, that's the kind of thing I usually go for. Yeah, stabbing people with their own bones. And fitting for Frankenstein, he he like puts a ton of uh, alcohol in his mouth, lights a lighter, and spits all the alcohol on one of the people. That's the. Yeah. <laughs> using his own fear against them yeah yeah fire frightens me it's time my enemies shared my dread (laughs) why fire master frankenstein (laughs) oh (laughs) well the thing i'm trying to think of is like you can't just have like frankenstein like walk in the doorway and like Walt and Hank are like, what the heck? Who's that guy? Like, I'm thinking there has to be something they hear or, or whatever that like gets them to like get up out of the hospital bed and try to run or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like him mutilating a couple of guys would elicit a reaction from onlookers. Yeah. Yeah. Enough that someone would probably scream. Yeah. And be like, oh my god, he just mutilated those men. Yeah, you, you just hear within uh, from Walt's room, or, or uh, Hank's hospital room, you just hear in the hallway Oh my gosh, that giant Frankenstein looking guy just killed those people! And so you have to have a sequence where 
so there's a bunch of chemicals in hospitals and stuff, and Walt is a chemist. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I'm thinking is Walt might put something together, like some sort of acid thing, where he manages to get it so like he dissolves um, the fingers on one of Frankenstein's hands. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. I have an idea for like an intimidating thing after this encounter. Um, but it, it, we'll get to it in just a minute. But like that would be like kind of the end of it where Frankenstein's like, oh man, I needed those fingers. Um, yeah, yeah. It, has, it has to leave. He's like, can't strangle without fingers on one of my hands. So then, uh, um, like, I, he... I was like, I was comedically, this, this isn't what it would be. This is just what I thought was funny. I was comedically thinking, like, they're running from Frankenstein out of the hospital, and like, right next to the hospital, like, right next to it is like, whatever the hospital name is, let's say it's like, thompson's hospital and then right next to it it's thompson cemetery (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like so horrible but that's so funny to think of a cemetery right next to a hospital that would be a great visual gag (laughs) but um because one thing i was thinking is like so the fingers on let's say his like left hand get dissolved by acid yeah so he he leaves he meets back up with the cartel guys takes a knife and undoes the stitching that's holding his hand to his wrist basically just like ditches the hand yeah and then uh um the cartel guys are going to be like you know what what are you doing uh don't you need you know don't you need both hands to do your work and Frankenstein's going to be like yeah i do and he just chops off one of their left hands and starts stitching it onto himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would be, be like one of those like, oh my god, sorts of moments. Yeah. He just chopped off my hand! And Frank said, I'll be like, I think you mean I just chopped off my hand. <laughs> Puts on shades, walks out. <laughs> Tests to see if the fingers work by punching a hole through the guy's chest and taking out his heart. <laughs> Kalima. Oh my gosh, he just took that guy's heart out of his chest. I think you mean my heart out of his chest. <laughs> That's right. My my current heart stopped working. <laughs> Back in the hospital, I've got maybe two minutes to put this one in. I'm like I'm like that guy from Crank. Like I have a, a heart that's very temporary, and I have to keep doing stuff to keep me living. Well, yeah. Well, here's kind of the thing I was thinking is like I think Frankenstein might need to regularly like electrically recharge. Okay. Yeah. It's powered by electricity. Oh, so. <laughs> Frankenstein is like the guy from Crank. Yeah. He has to keep recharging. Yeah, I'll have to put like uh, uh, the the car plugs on his tongue and all that to have sex with some lady or whatever. (laughs) That was in one of the Crank moves. It was in like a public area and he's like, I'm fixing to die. Hurry, I gotta get my heart rate up. (laughs) 
<laughs> just in public and everyone's like, Woo, yeah. They're just like cheering. It's like, what? Ooh, okay, so here's one thing I'm thinking. So that the hand he just chopped off of that guy and stitched onto his arm stump. It's not quite working yet, right? It's not like connected to the rest of the body. Yeah. So what he does is he takes a fork and goes to an electric socket and like to charge up and like the jolt of electricity like makes the hand start working. Yeah. He's like, ah, that's better. Yeah. And that's that's what he punches the hole in the guy's chest and takes the heart off. And as he's uh he's about to stick the fork in the, the outlet, he looks at the two cartel guys and he's like, Don't try this at home, kids, and sticks it in the outlet. <laughs> All right, so he's got a new hand. Walt and Hank. Wait, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Walt no, I just got up and left the room for a little while. <laughs> I figured I'd just let you talk. Walt and Hank. Uh, yeah, so the the whole hospital thing, yeah, they, they walk out in the hallway, see Frankenstein and all that. And maybe maybe Hank does fire off like one or two rounds and like it doesn't stop him at all. It's like, what the heck? Is this some kind of Terminator or something? Um this guy's so hopped up on drugs. <laughs> this guy must have that that blue meth that's going around. Um, but yeah, so they they realize that doesn't work. They're probably hiding in the hospital. Eventually, uh, Walt does some sort of chemistry thing, like you're talking about. Burns Frankenstein's hand. Frankenstein uh, well, burns his hand as well as like. Maybe he falls on the ground. That gives them time to, to run away. And Frankenstein's like, oh, now I'll go retreat, get a new hand. And he does exactly what you had just mentioned. Yeah. And now at this point, Walt and Hank. I'm trying to think. Hmm. I think where it would be. I mean, okay. Is, okay. Is, it, is it too much to say for them to be like at the DEA office? I, I don't think so. I don't know. You would know better than I would. Well, in the show, but I'm just saying realistically, like that would make sense. Like where yeah. else would you go? This guy, yeah. it's clear that he's after you. Like, why would you just go home? Cause, cause uh, Hank has a wife. Um, as well as like Walt has a family. So, so Hank could also see it as like, Oh, like Walt's in danger as well. So they probably get (laughs) DEA agents gets home and finds his son impaled on his own crutches. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, Hank probably gets like DEA agents to like pick up, uh, uh, Walt's family to take him to the DEA office. Oh, okay. Here's what it is. Family's headed to the DEA office. Uh, Hank and Walt are trying to get there. Maybe that's what it is. And then, like, Frankenstein, like, intercepts them. Because what I was saying is, like, if you have it to where 
Okay, here's the thing. Maybe Frankenstein doesn't go back to the cartel people and get a new hand. Maybe he just gets a new hand from someone in the hospital. Um, or or maybe okay hang on we could go with your visual gag earlier about just running straight to the graveyard okay yeah yeah he goes to the graveyard and, oh wait no 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 i've got it before he goes to the graveyard he goes down to the morgue in the hospital assuming they yeah, have one, yeah. and just takes a hand off of one of the cadavers in there yeah and like you see the, the lady with like big like Marge Simpson hair and it has like a, a white lightning streak down and he's like mm, what a fox <laughs> and like he goes into the morgue and like the coroner's like hey you can't be in here and he just like sticks his fingers into the coroner's eye sockets it's just like ah! yeah, yeah. And like just kills him on the spot yeah, yeah. Takes, <laughs> instead of taking the fresh dead hand on this coroner's body he goes looking through the refrigerators for yeah. a preserved one. <laughs> Normally, I wouldn't take lady hands, but she's got big hands. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this works best because, like, because the thing I was thinking earlier, where like both him and Walt, like Walt and Hank, go to the DEA office. It's like, okay, well, so you're gonna have Frankenstein go into the DEA office, and he's gonna kill like half the people there and uh that's a bit too much so i think it makes sense they're able to contact their families their families are at the dea office safe and now they're like running away slash trying to get to the dea office but frankenstein is like still behind basically it's not like he ran to the cartel it's like what you said he went to the morgue got a new hand and now is is running after them and yeah I, we'll, we'll do the 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 cemetery right next to the hospital thing where uh <laughs> hank, <laughs> hank and walt are are running through the cemetery and likely one of them could be like geez Lee, this is very morbid this is a sick sense of humor having this cemetery right next to the hospital i i feel uh, like so, sometime between um the um, between leaving the DEA office and getting to the cemetery, Jesse needs to have joined them at some point. Like, yeah, yeah. Jesse in the cemetery. Yeah, I'm trying to think where. That's the thing is like, uh, you can't have Walt and Jesse together in front of Hank. Yeah. Um, because because Hank has busted. Jesse plenty of times knows he's like a drug dealer and all that stuff. And you see Walt associating with him. It's like, what the heck? But knowing Hank, knowing Hank, it'd be some dumb thing of like, Walt, you're doing drugs and Jesse's your drug dealer. Hang hang on, hang on. I think I've got it. So like Hank doesn't know that Walt is Heisenberg at this point. Right. Right. So Hank, and he, so he thinks he's just a normal chemistry teacher. Mm -hmm. So he'd be probably be like, Walt, get out of here. This is dangerous. Yeah, but it, it's it's also one of those things where, like, he probably sees them both in danger. Because, hmm. like, even if uh, uh, Frankenstein is after Hank, it, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, 
either Hank is with Walt trying to protect him or Hank gets Walt to go to the DEA office because ultimately if it was Hank, he would think like, yes, this guy's after me. But from what I've seen with him, just killing willy nilly in the hospital, he's willing to go after family. Okay. I've got it. Okay. Hank will says to Walt, like, get your family and get out of town. He's like, I'm going to send another DEA agent or officer or whatever they're called with you for protection. Right. Yeah. And then when they leave, Walt kills this DEA agent. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> which, he, which he can pin on Frankenstein. And then goes and meets up with Jesse. And he's like, Jesse. <laughs> At this point, I'll, okay, okay. We'll we'll have that, but we'll have it to where that was most we'll have it to where like Walt took some sort of uh uh like uh anesthetic from the hospital or whatever and knocks out the DEA agent with it. Yeah. That was that was mostly a joke when, when I said he kills the demon. as as the show progresses when you get to like season five yeah that's definitely possible at this point it's uh Walt isn't trying to kill any innocent people and he, he's still like iffy about some cartel people dying but uh but he's willing to like yeah do something like this to get the the good guy off his trail or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he does. Yeah, he does something to slip away so he can meet up with Jesse and say, "Jesse, we gotta kill Frankenstein." <laughs> <laughs> this turned out to be the perfect crossover idea. <laughs> Breaking yeah, Bad and, and Frankenstein. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm trying to think. At, at this point, you can cut back and forth you you have um jesse and walt doing their thing trying to figure out or plan to kill frankenstein and then you cut back to the cemetery hank's running through and frankenstein's chasing him and stuff yeah um yeah you have this tense like cat and mouse where like hank is hiding behind gravestones and and you know waiting for Frankenstein to come to him, and Frankenstein's like picking the gravestones up and tossing them around, yeah, yeah, in random directions to try and smash Hank, yeah, and just constantly saying like death one liners and stuff. Like, yeah, just, just, yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. There's one of the one liners. <laughs> You're gonna be dead when I'm done killing you. Yeah. I'm gonna he, kill you so much, no one can deny that you'll be dead. Frankenstein kicks Hank in the chest and it knocks, like, as, as he's about to kick Hank, he kicks Hank and he's like, there's a one-way ticket to your grave and kicks him and like Hank falls like he <laughs> basically gets thrown into a grave and you look up and it like the guy's name is Hank. It's a different last name, but the gravestone says Hank. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Frankenstein like saw that. I was like, oh, that's the perfect line. I got to do that. Yeah, yeah. 
Welcome to your grave. <laughs> the last name's different. What? Look at the stone. The last name's different. Well, it doesn't matter. His name is Hank. You have a last name? <laughs> oh, your name is just Hank. <laughs> Hank, the DEA agent. <laughs> That's. I thought. <laughs> I thought this was like classical era, where like your last name is like your profession or or what you specialize in. Like me, Frankenstein. It means. Uh, um. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna pour dirt in the hole now. <laughs> Frankenstein like starts pushing a giant pile of dirt in the hole. <laughs> Which is perfect because then Hank won't be able to see because there's gonna be so much dust in his eyes from the dirt getting pushed down in the hole and you know Frankenstein trying to bury him alive. Um, oh, okay. Hank will be able to see Walt and Jesse show up together to fight Frankenstein. Well, at this point, uh, I know continuity-wise it doesn't match up with Breaking Bad, but who cares? You got to have this. Uh, yeah, Frankenstein's doing that, and like Hank is like half buried alive. Like the reason I say that is he's fine, like he's alive. It's just going to take him a little bit to get all this dirt off him and like climb out of the grave. We need yeah. that time so like this can happen. Frankenstein's pushing the dirt and stuff, and he's saying his, like, death one-liners and stuff. And as he's about to say one, you hear, or, or you see or hear, depends on how goofy you want to go. You either hear two-car, two-car, well, I can't even talk right now, two-car honks, and the RV hits Frankenstein, or you just have the RV hit Frankenstein in the cemetery. Yeah. Um <laughs> the the meth rv and yes for those that watch breaking bad i know at this point they don't use the rv anymore who cares this is all for fun yeah because because you might be like well you're saying the in battle is going to be in the the meth lab they have now why would they still have the rv who cares yeah also why would frankenstein's monster be trying to kill Hank? exactly <laughs> <laughs> It's all for fun. We're bringing elements from the show that you know. They hit Frankenstein with the RV. He goes flying. Obviously, he's not dead. Um, and maybe. Okay. Okay. Alive. Okay. Here's what it. Here's what happened. So they they have stuff in the rv to to try to combat frankenstein like like we flashed back and forth with hank in the cemetery running from frankenstein and jesse and uh walt planning and making stuff they they were they were setting stuff up like they were making stuff in the lab like like really quickly like booby traps and stuff is what i'm trying to get at and then also have some stuff that they can bring in the rv so they hit Frankenstein. Um, they reverse. They're going to hit him again as he's getting up. <clears throat> and like Frankenstein uh, like jumps in a way to where he like he splats on not like guts and stuff, but he splats on the front of the RV to where he's like holding on basically. Yeah. And they're like, oh crap. And, and like, 
maybe whatever they have in the RV, like Jesse's like trying to throw out the passenger side window onto Frankenstein and stuff. Um, And like they're driving out of the cemetery. This is what I'm trying to get at. As all this is going on, Frankenstein's either holding onto the front or he's like slowly progressively trying to climb uh, around or on top of the RV. Um, Have this wild, (laughs) wild thing going on with these breaking bad characters and Walt is trying to drive them to that lab. Like he's trying to direct all this to the lab basically. And by the time they leave the cemetery, Hank has now crawled out of the grave. So he didn't see any of this. Yeah. Um, okay. So as, all right. All right. As they are trying to get to the lab, so here's my question: the in the in the town that Breaking Bad takes place in, are there any like power poles, like power line poles for like a, above ground power lines? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Right. Are, are you talking about like a like a power plant, or you just mean like street? No, no, no. I mean like pole. around the city, like phone lines. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Just making sure. Um, Because I think at some point on their way there, just like give Frankenstein that last power. Yeah, yeah. Um, At some point, something caused them to stop the RV so abruptly that it went through the air and tangles them up in the power lines. And he gets like this this huge like influx of electricity and like the whole like the city's whole power grid like shuts down. Basically, like oh, okay. Godzilla at the end of King of the Monsters. Yeah, before that, um, uh, either this is just like a little retcon, so they like know about this or have seen this before. Um, either in the hospital, one of the first thing Hank tries to do is either shoot him with a taser. That doesn't work. Then he tries to actually shoot him with a gun. Either that, or <clears throat> like Jesse has like a cattle prod. Or something like that. And it's like sticking it out the window, trying to like electrocute him off the 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 windshield. Uh maybe that, but but maybe as he's doing that, he's like seeing that like Frankenstein is like like he's all juiced up basically. He's like, oh, yeah. like he's he's starting to like get his bearings a little bit better and is able to like start climbing on the RV. But I, I mentioned that just so they see in that instant that like oh we shouldn't give him electricity and then it leads into what you're talking about of he gets thrown off the rv gets tangled in the power lines and like gets souped up all right so they go into the meth lab and they've got they got booby traps ready they've got um they got something that explodes and shoots nails everywhere they got uh uh, they've got like um, <laughs> like a wall-mounted crossbow that shoots circular saw blades. I like Frankenstein. I want to play a game. This is me, Walter White. <laughs> I'm the one who knocks. Say my name. 
other Breaking Bad quotes. <laughs> I threw a pizza on my roof. <laughs> just kind of trying to remember. Uh, just kind of saying all the things I know about Breaking Bad. <laughs> well, I see uh, the guy who played Voss in Far Cry Three is in this show at some point. Yeah, and then like once the the final like fire and explosion in the meth lab happens, he's like uh, says something dealing with the Heisenberg blimp. Mm. Or wait, dang it, that was Hindenburg. Dang it, shoot, Hindenburg. Yeah, Heisenberg's the one who came up with the uncertainty principle, right? Yeah, that's right. And Walt, Walt was thinking all that and he was like, ah, poop. I can't say that line. It's going to do an explosion pun to tie back to history, but my history is wrong. Yeah. I'm a chemist. Give me a break. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. I'm a chemist, not a historian. So, so Jesse and Walt are hiding in the lab while Frankenstein enters. He knocks down the door, and and the and the first thing that happens is like that they rigged up like one of those traps where like there's a string attached to the door so that when you open it, it pulls a trigger on a shotgun and fires directly at you. Yeah, yeah. So like Frankenstein gets a face full of buckshot, but it doesn't matter. He's supercharged with lightning. Yeah, yeah. As he's walking through, um, uh, like he, uh, like the, all the lights and everything in the lab start to flicker, and 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 some of them like explode and short out and such. And so from yeah, like, the yeah. weird, the weird EM fields that Frankenstein's given off. Yeah. Yeah, and you can have like the the power dies out either from like him being supercharged and that field he's given off as well as like uh him knocking out some of the like the local neighborhood power from the whole power line thing and you, you have like the in the lab and you see this in movies all the time the flashing red lights like the alarm lights like there's not really a noise that goes with it but it's just like the alarm lights just because red lighting is spooky in movies. Yeah. And as the sequence progresses, inevitably something catches on fire. Yeah. Oh, 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 I've got it. So like the weird EM field and shrugging off everything. It's, it, it makes some of like the weird chemicals in the lab boil. And catch on fire, like the flammable ones catch on fire, and they explode yeah, yeah, from yeah. their from their glass containers and spread fire everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what goes into meth, but I assume some of it's flammable, if not all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it's very uh, can be combustible. Combustible. So. Combustible, thank you. So, the fire is going. 
they're trying to like sneak around, um, get him to set off these these various traps and stuff. Um, trying to think. Okay, so so fire's going. It's getting bigger and stuff. Eventually, Frankenstein rounds like like they Walt and Jesse round a corner, and Frankenstein's right there, like yeah. right there in their face. And there's a, a standoff sort of thing where, well, not really standoff, but Walt is like trying to slowly back up and either Walt or Jesse, maybe Frankenstein like picks one of them up, whoever's the closest, picks them up. Um, Frankenstein says something or whatever, and he's about to kill them or something like that. And then they have or or Frankenstein picks both of them up. He's got two hands. He's a strong guy. Picks them both up by the neck. Um, One of them flies off of his wrist and magnetizes to Frankenstein's chest. Yeah. (laughs) From all the energy he's got. One of them has something to where they'll say like some sort of one liner and they'll the camera will pan down the thing in their hand and they'll like use it or throw it or whatever and it it ignites oh oh yeah it could simply be something like that where it's like a maybe not a Molotov cocktail but something along the line of it like setting Frankenstein on fire yeah and Frankenstein drops them in his pain um and they run out. They're running out in Frankenstein. The, not only is he on fire, but the flames in, in the meth lab are growing. But as they're running out, he's like frantically running after them, like yeah. chasing them. And he's knocking over some of the, the, the combustible stuff within the lab. And as they get out and as he's about right. to... Hang on, before you end that thought, I know what okay. the one-liner is going to be. Okay. Uh, whoever throws the thing at him that ignites him, whether it's Walter or uh, Jesse, they're going to say, hey, man, you need to chill out and then light him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Jesse. That, that feels somewhat fitting because I could see Walt later being like, that didn't make sense. And Jesse's like, man, shut up. You didn't no, think of anything. <laughs> Jesse's like, well, you you didn't think of any one-liner, Mr. White. I thought it was cool. I don't need a one-liner, Jesse. I think you need a one-liner. Like, I am the one who knocks. Or, I am Heisenberg. <laughs> Or yeah, science. <laughs> but okay, yeah, so so, finish your thing as he's frantically chasing them while yeah, on fire. He's, he's frantically chasing them while on fire. So his vision's impaired. He's like knocking stuff around as he's he's trying to chase after them Stream in this method. Yeah, they get out, and as they're running out, boom! Large explosion because we saw him knock over all this combustible stuff in the meth lab as he was chasing them and 
yeah, it, it ignites big explosion. Um, maybe not giant explosion, <laughs> semi big explosion to where, uh, The meth lab is underground. So we'll say like uh, the explosion is big underground and maybe you see like some smoke coming from like the top building, but nothing crazy to where like everyone's going to swarm, like all cops and DEA agents are just going to swarm on this one location or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have them, both Walt and Jesse, get out of there. And, and yeah, you, you had the explosion thing where it explodes and they get knocked by the force of the explosion and stuff. Um, they get up. Walt gives his little talk to Jesse about Jesse's one-liner. Um, and they they... They away Walt is still giving that that talk and he's like Jesse call call Mike we need a ride back or whatever and Jesse calls Mike the henchman of uh Gus Fring yeah. and they they walk out of frame as the little smoke from the thing happens and boom yeah. okay so and then I think I think there needs to be at least like a little hint of like Jesse asks Walter like do you think there's a chance he survived, Mister White? Yeah, yeah. And then Walt's like, "No, just hey, he definitely died. In that awesome. He definitely cooked in that explosion. No man could survive that explosion." And then you cut to wherever the cartel guys hang out, and like, it's a there's a bunch of like dead cartel dudes' bodies. One of them's missing both of his legs. Uh. Uh, one guy is is hanging from the ceiling uh, by a noose made of his own lower intestines. Um, and then the rest of his intestines are hanging out of his open gut. And like just this really gruesome scene. One dude has had his jaw completely removed and you see Frankenstein stitching himself together with loose pieces that he yeah, took from yeah. all these bodies like in the bathroom before getting up and just leaving. Yeah. And that's the and that's the conclusion. Yeah, because the explosion claimed a few body parts. Also, he got burnt up a lot. Yeah, so he just so he just went and took a bunch of body parts from the cartel guys. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, part of his face got burnt off, so he cut off one of the cartel guy's faces and stitched it on his face. Yeah. Now he's Frankenstein slash leather face. <laughs> All right. I think we have a successful crossover there. Yeah. A nice little uh, cliffhanger that indicates that uh, Frankenstein could meet Walter White again in the future, though probably not, probably never again. Yeah, and, and this this is like a one minute thing. This isn't to like have another pitch for this, but an alternate, an alternate. I can't even talk right now. An alternative 
alternative universe alter thank you i am exhausted this morning um is uh you you have a similar thing of like walt and jesse being like dr frankenstein and fritz and they're they're walt and jesse but what i'm getting at is walt is trying to find a way or make something to combat Gus Fring and the cartel. Cause he's kind of being forced to make the meth and he kind of needs an upper hand. So he creates Frankenstein, uh, who's basically his like henchman, but it goes wrong. Frankenstein, uh, uh, to, to power Frankenstein up, he, infused him with some of his blue meth but frankenstein has to consistently take the blue meth to stay alive and he eventually takes too much um uh uh, breaks free of walt's control and kills Walt and Jesse and then the cartel members burn Frankenstein alive in their meth tower and that's the end. (laughs) There we go. There's the alternative pitch. I call him Frank and Jesse. But, But I'm Jesse, Mr. White. Yeah, <laughs> just kills Jesse on the spot. No, there's only one. The one I. Oh, yeah. One thing, it's like, uh, like Walt's like, we need a brain for it, Jesse. It needs a brain, and Jesse's like, where are we going to get a brain? And Walt's like, looking at Jesse's like, oh, I know where, and then just like. Not kills Jesse right there, but like knocks him out, ties him up, and takes Jesse's brain and puts it in. After like a long, protracted, like 15 minute struggle that was filmed in one take, and they make you watch. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, Mr. White, no, please. (laughs) Like it's horrendously gruesome. Like, yeah, Jesse, yeah, the like, bone saw and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse like stabs Mr. White in the shoulder at one point. Just like, he's like, no. <laughs> you got you get this horribly gruesome shot of Walter just yeah taking a bone saw to the top of Jesse's skull. He's like, this is for your own good, Mr. White. Stop. This is horrible. This is horrific. <laughs> I'd watch it, but that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, yeah, that, that actually fits perfectly with that tiny pitch I mentioned. Yeah, you, you do that. And yeah, he controls him because he infuses him with the blue meth and stuff, but eventually takes too much or something to where he, he uh, gets out of that mind control by... Walt and realizes or remembers that he is Jesse. Like you do the classic Frankenstein thing of like, Oh, the 
it's the brain like the everything about that person is within the brain um realizes he's jesse realizes what he's become yeah he kills walt and the cartel people show up and yeah you just have that big thing of cartel people kill frank and jesse by burning the lab frank and jesse (laughs) (laughs) all right there we go there's there's two fleshed out pitches for for breaking bad meets frankenstein yeah uh Something Gilligan. I forgot the guy who made Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. I can't remember right his name either. Let me see. Vince Gilligan. Okay. Vince Gilligan. Hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know what's up. We'll make the sure. next hit AMC drama. I'm sure you would love to see your brainchild become this. Yeah. All right, Brandon. If you don't give me plugs and recommendations right now, then I will make sure to only recognize you in the context of your childhood achievements, which you have never been able to uh, surpass or overcome. Or only in the context of your father, whose shadow you live within. Mm. Okay. So the childhood achievement. So you'd only recognize me for playing right field in Little League Baseball and just playing in the dirt. And then one day a ball actually gets hit to me and I grab it and I throw it. I don't get anyone out, but I throw it to second base. I'm like, wow, I did something. It sounds like like you had exactly the same experience with community sports that I did as a child. I don't know if, if listeners know, and I'm sorry if you're a young listener and you're currently playing little league and this is your position, but if you are in left field or right field, in Little League Baseball, or like Little Kid Baseball, you're one of the worst on the team. <laughs> um, because positions no that... going to hit it that far. Exactly. And, and if they do hit it, it's usually the center field. So center yeah. field is actually useful in those young ages. Um, all, the, all the bases, uh, uh, the catcher, first base, second base, third base, shortstop, all useful... If you're in left or right field and you're under 11, um, you're kind of useless on the team. Sorry. Sorry to break it to you, our 10-year-old listeners who play Little League Baseball. Yeah. But, yeah, that's okay. Because, you know what? You're probably not super athletic anyway. It's probably not for you. Maybe, like... I don't know, try painting. Yeah. Try a more artistic pursuit. Yeah. Try to make a Frankenstein. Try to make a Frankenstein. Go to your local morgue. Scrounge up some... Do what? Or graveyard. They're not going to be a You'll find something there. 
with the graveyard though be sure the the grass hasn't grown on the grave yet the dirt is still pretty fresh yeah. there you go yeah and then what was the what was the other one you had mentioned my oh live under my father's oh, oh yeah yeah like i'll only recognize you either by the your achievements as a child um or in the context of of your who your father is because oh gotcha yeah i can't i can't think for that all right um plugs uh dismay comics on facebook and instagram that's d-i-s-m-a-y comics um gallows man uh issues one and two kickstarter ended about two weeks ago um the physical proofs as of the time of recording should be in within the next week um and i'll approve those and then all the comics will come i've got it's not just issue two but i've got 175 copies of comics coming it's the biggest order i've done um it, not that many comics were ordered this time but i'm kind of <clears throat> ordering ahead like i'm trying to be cost effective because that way i don't have to do like the like this time i had to do some extra orders for gallows man number one yeah um and what i want to do is in the future the only comic orders i have to do is for that current issue like like next kickstarter i'd like the only comic orders i have to do is issue three because i already have like a stock of issue one and two basically yeah yeah you're you're making sure you've got the first and second issues ready to go exactly yeah yeah about all three at once yeah it's just cheaper on my part with shipping and units and stuff because you get discounts the more you buy it. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Um, what else is going on? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Disney Avenue 1 and 2 will likely come out in the fall time. Um, Gallows Man number 3, I'd like to have a Kickstarter for that at the beginning of the year, the beginning of next year, 2023. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, then recommendations. I kept a list of recommendations and then I got a new phone and everything transferred over on that new phone. Like I got the new phone a couple days ago, everything transferred over, but my recommendation list, some, somehow, or some reason didn't transfer over. <laughs> so I forgot all the stuff that I've done the past two weeks, except like three things. But I know these weren't even on the top of my list. But so you haven't forgotten all the stuff you've done the past two. Weeks. Not all of it, but I forgot. I forgot all this. I forgot all the stuff that was like the stuff I like the most, basically. Oh, I see. I see. So you're you're left with like three pieces of scum at the bottom of the pickle barrel. Uh, it, it's like three. Three like tiny pieces of pickle in the pickle barrel. It's like, and it's it's, it's still, pickle. yeah. It's like it's still a pickle, but like it wasn't that that big pickle that was there. The big crunchy pickle. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'll, I'll knock one of these out because we talked about before. Of I don't even like pickles, but I know how to describe pickles that people like. People like the big crunchy ones. Yeah. The little squishy ones are bad. 
Yeah, I can imagine why. Because I don't even like pickle flavors, so like I can imagine why that flavor wouldn't go well with something squishy. I like the. Uh, I guess it's like the kosher brand. I can't remember. I, I like like regular big pickles, but mm. one of the brands makes those like tiny pickles, but yeah. it's too crunchy. Like little I, gherkins? Is that? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. But yeah, I like I like the tiny crunchy pickles. Those are nice. I think Vlasic does gherkins. I think that's what it is. Yeah, Vlasic. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the brand. But yeah. Anyway, yes. The your your squishy pickles. Yeah, we recommend uh uh small crunchy pickles and big crunchy pickles. No squishy pickles. Um but real recommendation. Quickly mention this Top Gun Maverick. I did actually see it. I saw it uh in the Dolby cinema thing. It's like the equivalent of like IMAX kind of a better sound. Yeah. Um, pretty good. I mean, like I'm, it's my opinion. I don't know if others feel the same. I think it's better than top gun. Um, I think top gun is decent. I think there's too much nostalgia around it. I think that's. I think people have nostalgia glasses when it comes to the original Top Gun. Um, hearing, hearing, that, hearing that Maverick is better than the original Top Gun is kind of the general like consensus that I've been hearing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like uh, the original Top Gun is like a decent movie, but like the characterization is so-so. I mean, like. Maverick is is a decent character in Top Gun. Iceman, people, uh, I don't know if if it's the same. People like hated Iceman, like like in the original Top Gun. But yeah. like after watching it like the second or third time, because I've seen Top Gun at least like three times. After like the second time, I was like, oh, like Iceman's actually like smart and a good guy. He's not being a jerk to Maverick. If anything, Maverick's the jerk. Like Iceman is like just saying like you're too cocky. You only care about yourself. Like you're an awful wingman. Like you're leaving your your partners behind and stuff so they can get killed. And it's like, yeah, Iceman is right about everything that he said. Yeah. That's just my consensus on the old top gun. But no, everyone watches it and they're like, Yeah, Maverick's so cool. Iceman, you're a douche. It's like, no. The like Iceman's right about everything. It's not even being that mean about it. He doesn't like Iceman. Why can't you just let Maverick do whatever he wants, consequence free? Basically, what everyone's consensus is. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, this movie is supposed to feel like realistic in the realistic to a degree, but realistic in the sense of like, here is the Navy, and here is what the Top Gun program looks like and feels like and it's fairly realistic to that and then if you just have the case where it's like yeah this guy let's just let him do whatever let's let him break all the rules and all the laws he's a maverick after all (laughs) yeah uh the next one will be called uh uh top gun maverick 2 and it's not just for sequel reason it's because we're going to have two Mavericks. We're going to have Tom Cruise Maverick, and we're going to have Logan Paul, because his whole uh, uh, <laughs> brand and stuff is Maverick. And, and his 
fancy flying style is that he he surfs on the wing. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> sitting in the cockpit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be hilarious if uh, Top Gun became like Fast and the Furious, where it's like super unrealistic. <laughs> and like every subsequent installment is stupider than the last. Yeah, yeah. You've got oh, you've got God. him like bailing out of one jet and then hijacking another midair. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he's doing he's doing the Battlefield One trailer thing and all that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but uh, Top Gun Maverick, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, the highlights of the movie, of course, are like anytime they're training, like up in the air training and stuff, like some of the best like uh, uh, pilot battles, whether you want to say like you can compare it to like space battles and stuff like Star Wars or whatever sci-fi you want to say, like those space airship battles or whatever. I think this is like the best uh plane or airship battle stuff i've seen in movies like it it kept me very engaged um and then it leads up to the very end this big mission that they've been training the whole movie for um and the mission is like awesome like it's super tense um they they do a really good job all the other stuff is decent but i mean the reason i went there is to see airplane stuff I've heard that there's been a Star Wars movie in the works for a while about like you know fighter pilots and like the X-wing fighters and all that. Um, oh, that'd be cool. And yeah, like one of the things that like one of the people behind the movie said is like, yes, we're planning to make the uh, greatest uh, fighter pilot movie ever made. And then Top Gun Maverick comes out, and we're all like, "Are you sure you want to? Are you sure you want to make that claim now? <laughs> you you want to walk wanna back on that, that claim? Yeah." It's like you can still make it, but maybe retract that claim or walk yeah, back on it some. Because Top Gun has officially set like the new bar for that. Yeah, yeah. So it really is. But yeah, uh, pretty entertaining, and, and it's not. It, it felt weird. Like like I was never bored at any point in the movie. And the movie ends. I'm like, oh, that was like really quick and i like look at my phone or, or i looked up the runtime it was like an hour and 45 minutes or whatever i'm like they oh, still really? make they still make movies that are in less than two hours long yes. <laughs> i was so surprised runtime that's crazy yeah like modern day it felt so weird because that's just kind of the norm for movies and movie theaters that that I aren't think- like that aren't family movies yeah the last, the last, um, like big blockbuster movie that I went to see that was less than two hours long was Godzilla versus Kong. That was less than two hours. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half. Oh wow! Dang. Yeah, that one's that one's pretty brisk if I remember correctly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's less than two hours. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. I mean, like by the time you're listening to it it's it's on dvd or streaming or whatever you watch it there i i do think the theater experience was perfect for it um not saying it's like the best theater experience i've had this year or anything it's not even like top three of that but uh it was it was good good movie and then the other two recommendations i have is reading material 
Shocker. Brandon finally gets back into reading. Um, The first one is Punisher Kill Crew. Um, It's pretty good. It's, it's, for those that don't know, it's Frank Castle, the Punisher. He, this is within, uh, it was like the end of War of the Realms. Um, and, and they give you a page to kind of like summarize some of the stuff in case you don't know what was going on and all that. But honestly, you don't really have to read it. It's kind of pretty self-contained. Um, like that one page is what I mean. Um, it's at the end of War of the Realms and Punisher, it, it starts off where he's trying to like, he's killing frost giants and all this stuff that's in New York and all that. And uh he basically he is going after this one frost giant and the frost giant goes through a portal and Frank can't go through the portal either. And you find out the reason Frank is after this frost giant is because he killed uh, a family of a guy that Frank knew. And okay. Frank is trying to get revenge on the, that frost giant for doing that because it's, it, it, it was very similar to what happened to Frank's family. Okay. Um, and, and he kind of doesn't want that guy to not entirely go down his route because it does seem like Frank is talking to the guy of like, yeah, you want to do this. But part of the reason the guy not saying he can't become Frank Castle or the Punisher or anything, but the guy's in a wheelchair. Wow. Um, and, and Frank is just trying to help him out. Like the guy, the guy wants revenge on the frost giant, but like he can't go and and take out the frost giant, like go in the portal and all that stuff. Don't Um, build jets into your wheelchair or any other cool (laughs) attachments to go after this frost giant. Oh, it'd be hilarious. But, but Frank, uh, so he wants to take revenge on, uh, that frost giant. But then that guy, uh, shows Frank these kids, like these orphaned kids from the War of the Realms event where like their parents were killed during that. And now they're just orphans of war, basically. And uh, Frank then talks to the kids and he's like, he hands them all a piece of paper and like crayons and stuff is like, draw what the person or creature look like that killed your parents. And uh, they all do that. And he looks at it. He's like, okay, I'm going to go take care of this for you. I'm going to, I'm going to take these, take these people out, take these creatures out. And it's a action comedy kind of is, is how the book goes because like he, it's like a, a montage of him like 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 one issue is just a montage of him killing each of these creatures and like his proof to the kids of showing that he killed them is like he butchers them like crazy or like blasts their head off or whatever and then he like pulls out his phone and takes a picture <laughs> He's like, little Jimmy's going to want to see this. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's like, it's funny and it's a little bit self-aware because eventually Frank, he goes into this other realm to find these frost giants and these creatures. And there are some other uh, heroes 
and humans that are within this realm. They're either captured or they're stuck here, like fighting frost giants and stuff. And one of the first people he comes across is Foggy Nelson. Um, Foggy Nelson is here. Like he was kidnapped by one of the frost giants. And now Foggy Nelson is on Frank's team. Foggy just wants to get home. He wants to get home. That's his whole thing in the entire book is like, okay, after you like kill this one, can you please take me home, Frank? And like, Frank's like, when we're done, Foggy's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, Foggy does not like this at all. And, and like that, that scene where like Frank is like taking a picture of the monster, he's like, little Jimmy's going to want to see this. And Foggy's like, I, I don't know about that, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this, this sounds really cool because for me, like, I, I like the idea of Punisher interacting with the weird fantasy and horror elements of the Marvel yes. universe. Yeah. As long as he himself isn't modified. No, like, no. Like that time when he became like a resurrected warrior for God. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. or a literal Frankenstein monster. He was called Frankencastle. Yeah, no, this is just straight up Punisher. He has no modifications or anything. This isn't a modification. Like, like at one point, he kills one of these like uh, 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 frost giant soldiers or whatever, and he like takes their helmet and wears it. But it doesn't yeah, give him yeah. any abilities or anything. It's just a cool look. Like yeah, Frank that, wearing this like Viking cool. looking helmet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like, uh, you see Frank using like battle axes and stuff sometimes just to like yeah. play into that. But yeah, he has no modifications as, or anything. Yeah. To me, as long as the Punisher remains a human man, I'm totally cool with him interacting yeah. with the more ridiculous aspects of Marvel's universe. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so cool. Cause it's an element I, I haven't seen Frank in and it feels like a breath of fresh air because, I like the Punisher Max series, but if you do any Punisher series after that, it's just like, well, you're just doing the Punisher Max. Like, like if, yeah. if, if Punisher is going after the regular thugs and criminals and stuff, it's like, we're just doing the same thing over again. Yeah. So it's cool to see these, these just, just with fewer swear words. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to see uh, these things where it's, it is Punisher, the character it's still in continuity. And he doesn't, he doesn't change as a character. He's still the same Frank Castle. But seeing him thrown into these unique environments that you don't normally see him in. Yeah. Um, and with this, even though it's like rated T or T+, we can show some gruesomeness because the Frost Giant's blood is blue. So we yeah. can just show him blast the head off of a Frost Giant and all this and it not be censored. <laughs> like, it's totally not traumatizing. <laughs> exactly like that's what's so funny about like censorship in the united states is like yeah, as long as it's not red it's not traumatizing right as long as it doesn't look like a straight up human yeah. it's fine yeah. <laughs> but but yeah so so he unless it's deadpool you can do whatever the hell you want to deadpool and it's fine. yeah yeah which, which now thinking about it, um, not with Deadpool, but thinking about it, how Frank gets around within these realms to like travel fast and stuff. Is he, uh, this isn't like bashing on Thor or anything. It was just like a little, little gag that he did. He stole Thor's like goat traveling thing. Like Thor had like a goat 
that can like travel uh interdimensionally and what yeah, he did it's is either it's probably either tooth nasher or tooth grinder yeah yeah it's one of those and he he stole it and he like connected his his van to the goat so <laughs> So they able to travel through these times of space and realms and stuff like that. Um, it, it's it's a silly book, but it's fun. It's just a fun book. Like it's it's so much fun. Um, it goes by really quick. It's like five issues. It's super thin. Um, you know, whenever whenever I see articles and things like that of like uh, say like John Bernthal right has said like oh the MCU wouldn't be able to handle the Punisher. That is BS. That's no. clearly a man who doesn't actually read Punisher comics. Yeah. Yeah. The MCU could easily have Punisher. I was actually talking to someone about this earlier this week of like, eventually they will introduce the Punisher into the MCU. It depends on when that will be. But yeah. I was thinking the best route to go with the Punisher, there's two routes. I think for the MCU, I'll, I'll mention the best route for it. One route is you have the Punisher in the MCU and then you have like a side uh, uh, mini series or, or side TV series. That's like in the future. And it's the Punisher max series because yeah. Punisher max, he's like 50 years old, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and you do that. You can either do that or, and I think this is a little bit more fitting with MCU and like the big stuff that they're eventually going to lead to you have Punisher, you have him do Punisher stuff, whether in a movie, TV show, whatever. And eventually it doesn't happen all at once. You have to build to this, lead to this. Eventually he becomes cosmic ghostwriter. Huh. That would be interesting. And you see, the thing is, um, I think the, uh, the Marvel Netflix shows are kind of in a state of semi canon right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, where I think they're still working out which aspects of them are going to be rec- properly recognized, because it's been confirmed that they're working on a Disney Plus revival for Daredevil. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I just want more Daredevil. Yeah. All right. What's your what's your oh last thing? oh I I wanted to briefly mention with Punisher Kill Crew eventually. So you have Punisher Foggy Nelson eventually. Uh, he runs into juggernaut in the realm and he runs into, I think it's the black Knight. I forgot his name. Um, and that's the team basically. And they're the whole book is them trying to like get revenge for these kids. And the whole time punishers taking pictures after he kills them. Little uh, Timmy's going to want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a fun family. I mutilated him. <laughs> It's it's a fun book. Um, and then my last recommendation, uh, I don't even know if I have to say recommendation. I'm sure people have watched, if not if not read it, they probably watch it, uh, Demon Slayer. I started reading the manga um, earlier this week. I'm only in like t- chapter 20 right now, and there's like 206 chapters. Yeah. Um, I I'm enjoying it a good bit. Like I'm glad I I finally got back into a a long manga and uh, this one it 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 sucked me in like at, by the end of the first volume I was pretty much in it there was like one area this isn't spoiling really because it's like chapter seven or eight um, where he's 
uh, trying to become a demon slayer, the main character. I think it's Tenjiro. Yeah, well, with, yeah. with me, you don't have to worry too much about spoilers. I've watched the anime all the way up to the its current state. Okay, okay. So so this is the uh, this is the final selection, like yeah. um for demon slayers. Like they get cast into that wilderness area for a week, um, and uh, there's that demon. I don't know if it's in the show, but there's a demon who's been there for like decades. Like, yeah, he's got like in, a ton of arms. He's big. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a ton of arms and stuff. And like, eventually, uh, is it Tanjiro? How do you pronounce the name? Tanjiro. Tanjiro. Okay. Tanjiro uh, eventually beats him, uh, and as the monster, the demon is like disintegrating or, or like dying like fading away basically um it cuts and shows like the demon like the human it was before it was turned into a demon it was a little boy and like how it was wanting to like hold its brother's hand before it died and i think it was saying like will you please hold my hand and stuff and i love tanjiro's character how he's like so caring in kind to people and, and they do jokes about that like earlier in in the series and i'm sure it'll continue in the series where like uh he's asking like oh can i get this basket from you and and this and that and they're like yeah sure the basket's broken you can have it and he's like okay i'll give you some coins for it if that's all right yeah. and they're like no you you can take it it's all right he's like take these coins like, he's yeah. like yeah no like, uh that whole thing of like him um, like showing compassion for the dying demon, because yeah. it's a human that that used to be. Um, get ready for that a lot. Awesome, because because uh, like that like I I don't want to spoil too much, but something along those lines will occur for every major demon that Tanjiro slays. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I it, like it, that. it will get to the point where he starts to intervene in their final moments more. Yeah, yeah. Like as they're dying, he starts to actually like interact with them more. So like I again yeah. I don't want to spoil too much, but get get ready for that. Like the yeah, way yeah. that the entertainment district arc ends, it was very like in my opinion, like one of the more powerful moments of the series. Yeah. So like yeah, like get 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 ready for that a lot. Yeah, because when I saw that and like yeah, he holds the demon's hand as it's disintegrating and stuff, I was like I love that. Like, like it could have just been regular. He's he's killing demons, and that's that's the manga, that's the show, or whatever. But he has compassion for them, and it's not just like it came out of left field. You saw earlier in the manga that he has like compassion and cares for people, um, and to see that carry over to this demon, I was like, okay, they're adding depth. Uh, a part of that probably also comes like his compassion for people is natural and his compassion yeah. for demons likely partially comes from his sister's situation. Yeah. 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 It makes perfect sense. And yeah, like, uh, the, this wasn't the latest thing I read, but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned like he will do that sort of thing more often as it continues. Cause there was a recent one. It was like the, the bog demon like it was like three of them and it like yeah uh, yeah those ones yeah it it could like suck you into like the bog area 
when he, I don't know if it's the same in the anime, when he killed them, like he, it, it wasn't like the same thing with that mini arm demon. Like he just like killed them and that was pretty much it. I was like, I didn't think anything of the time. The thing about it now is like, huh, like, uh, not saying you have to show compassion to every demon you kill, but I was just like, okay. Um, but, yeah, that, but yeah. That one was um, a pretty short one. That was like a one or two episode thing, if I remember correctly, in the anime. There wasn't yeah, a whole it, lot it's stored of, in the manga. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of room for the usual steps that Demon Slayer stories take. Um, like, you know, like, uh, like, yeah, if I remember at the end of the anime version, too, like, yeah, he doesn't really like have a final moment with those demons yeah yeah but with with most of them he does yeah 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 right now i'm uh he's in tokyo right now i i love the time setting too because i remember he was it's when he's facing the mini arm demon and stuff and uh the demon saying like how old it is and it mentions like a period like the edo period or i can't remember and i was like yeah wait a second, I've, I've heard that before through like some of my college classes. And I like remembered the time I was like, wait, does it really take place then? And I had to Google. I was like, when does this period take place? I was like, oh crap. It's like early 1900s. Yeah. Like right now is when it is in Demon Slayer. I was like, oh, because before that, I thought it was like 1600s. Yeah, um, right. And, and then when that was revealed, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then like the whole Tokyo thing, I was yeah. like, oh, I like this. I like this. I like this merging of like this village life that feels like 1600s to the modern era, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I believe Demon Slayer is in like the 1910s or 1920s. Yeah. 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 Because it, it, I, I looked up the specific period that um, the demon had said, like specifically the time it was. And it was like, uh, that period was like 1912 to like 1928. But based on what he said, it, it's that early part. So it's like sometime between like 1912 and like 1916, basically. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But, uh, I, I thought that was really cool. And yeah, I, I'm at the point where, yeah, he finds the, the, the demon who's responsible for turning his sister into a demon and like there's a whole crowd thing don't don't spoil it because i know there's going to be likely twist and stuff with it oh right yeah sorry okay yeah no 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 you're no no i'm sure there's going to be like twist with it like because it's so early on you can't just like show them and be like yep that's 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 it that's that's our our final villain or 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 there's no other things that will come out from this has he interacted with him yet has he seen him yeah he's seen him so um, you've seen what he looks like right yeah 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 it's michael jackson is it really it's not actually michael jackson oh but like exactly looks like him yeah yeah i can see that now yeah Yeah. (laughs) for some reason i was just thinking like in canon it's like michael jackson is this like immortal being (laughs) (laughs) yeah no he's yeah he fights the demon slayer core yeah yeah and (laughs) Yeah, right now where I'm at is uh, every, every he meets time those... he fights, his enemies have been hit by they've been struck by a smooth criminal. <laughs> yeah, where I'm at now is uh, he meets those two demons, like it, it's the lady and then the kid. I'm not sure if he's a kid or a teenager in the manga. 
um who's like in love with the lady is like basically like don't don't look at her don't don't yeah, yeah. don't talk to her he's a simp for her basically yeah, um, yeah he's simping for her hard um yeah. have you seen the tamari demon yet and the arrow guy yes yeah they okay, they okay. just came and yeah she she's like they're shooting the ball and stuff and it's like destroying yes. the house and all that That's and like i think i got to the point so cool in the anime Okay. Yeah. Like with with Nezuko and the Tamari demon kicking the ball back and forth. Yeah. And like yeah. That moment is so awesome. Yeah, I I I think I'm in the middle of the fight because one of the things I remember it may have been the last chapter I read is like Nezuko tries to kick the ball, but it just cuts her leg off. Yeah. 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 So that that's pretty much exactly where I'm at at in the manga. But I'm looking forward to reading more. Um, but I'll probably finish it within. A month, probably less than that, but so it's you, really with with Tanjiro and Nezuko. So far, you've only met half of the main cast. Yeah, yeah. There's still more to come, but yeah. So with all the characters that have been introduced so far, though, who's your favorite right now? I so if if you're not talking about the main two being Tanjiro and Nezuko, yeah, like Tanjiro's, I, I really like Tanjiro. Other than them, any of the side characters, the guy who trained Tanjiro, I really like. I'm trying to remember ah, his name. I can never remember his name for the last Uzokadi or, or something along that line. Uro, Uro, Uro Kodaki, I think. Uro Kodaki. Yeah, yeah. He's so far of the characters I've met, I really like his character to where I was like, hmm, if anyone ever wants to do some Demon Slayer uh, cosplay, I, I would. I would like to dress up as him within the group unless now I'm only in chapter 20. There could be a revelation as the series progresses. And it's like, this guy's a horrible guy. I don't want to dress as him. Um, (laughs) But currently I I do like his character a lot. For me, as of the end of the uh, um, most recent arc of the anime, my favorite character pretty much has been and continues to be Nezuko. Yeah, Nezuko is pretty great. She's my favorite character. Yeah, I'm sure it, it, it translates and, and does it in the anime, but there's a there's good humor with Nezuko. Oh yeah, in the manga. In the yeah. Anime. Like anytime she tra- like shifts into like her tiny little toddler form and runs around, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So anyway, um, all right. For me, plugs and recommendations. Uh, plugs, you're listening to it. Congratulations, you found us. This is Store Brand Comics. It's just a hobby podcast me and Brandon do um, every week when we can. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, it was a lot of fun for us. Oh, yeah. A lot more than I was expecting, honestly. Um. So, yeah, if you want to keep track of us, we don't really have a specific day that we upload on right now, but we try to focus it on the weekends between Friday and Monday. So if you want to keep track of us, uh, hit whatever subscribe or follow button is on your podcast app. So that way it should notify you when we put a new episode up. Um, And if you don't care, then don't do that. It doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) uh, Other than that... Um, I do have uh, at least one recommendation. I don't know if I've ever recommended it before. I 
genuinely don't remember. And it probably doesn't need the recommendation, especially since it's technically been canceled for a couple of years. But uh, the Venture Brothers, I just finished my second watch through of it like last mm. week. Um, mm. And it reminded me of so many things that I forgot about in that show that made me love it so much. Like I think after my second watch through of it now, I think that uh, the Venture Brothers is genuinely one of my favorite TV shows like altogether. Because it's nice. it's it's so interesting. It has such an interesting and like intricately crafted world. Um, even when they like introduce like weird little retcons and things like that, it always like fits well enough into the existing continuity that your yeah. brain doesn't really feel the need to pick it apart too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of the characters are like really well put together and endearing. It takes a couple of seasons for the titular Venture Brothers themselves to develop real personalities, but I feel like that's by design. Because um, like Dean and Hank Venture are not the focus of the Venture Brothers. The Venture Brothers is about a world. Yeah. And this world just happens to be a parody of like the boy adventurer genre, like along the lines of like Johnny Quest and uh, the Hardy Boys and the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Um, Even Batman and Robin. uh, Yeah. If you look at that from Robin's perspective, Astro Boy, like anything you could consider a boy adventurer is like it's it's a parody of that. Yeah. Um, and it also like throws in a very hefty dose of Silver Age Marvel and DC comics parodies. Yeah, yeah. It, it leans a little heavier on Marvel than DC. I've noticed with the with the sorts of characters it likes to parody. Like, mm-hmm. uh, for example, Doctor Orpheus, one of the best characters in the show. Um, is on paper a Doctor Strange parody. But in practice, he's a divorced dad trying to do his best. Ah, gotcha. Like, and that's one of the things I love about the Venture Brothers as well, is the fact that, like, every character, and you you can see this in the way they're written, uh, every character starts with a joke, and then a real person is slowly built around that joke. Yeah. So and that's and that's one of the things I really like because that's the way that I write characters too. That's the way I come up with Dungeons and Dragons characters. That's the way I come up with a lot of things is I start with a joke and then I build something real around it. But at the core is a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Because um, like Dr. Orpheus has like a team called the Order of the Triad. And like on this team is a guy named Jefferson Twilight who's like a combined parody of Blade and Shaft. Oh, okay. And he only hunts, as he puts it, Blackulas. <laughs> he only hunts black vampires. He is black. He is a black yeah. hunter, but he's also a black vampire hunter. So, <laughs> so like, uh, and, like, when he's questioned about it, he says, like, I only hunt Blackulas. And, and uh, like, what does that mean? And he's like, I only hunt black vampires. And so, like, the guy he's talking to is like, don't you mean African-American vampires? He's like, well, no, because sometimes I go to England. They don't have African-Americans over there, do they? And they're like, oh, yeah, you have a point. He's like, look, I hunt black vampires, all right? I don't know what the PC term for that is. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like he only hunts blackulas. 
And uh, and then like there's a Captain Sunshine who was voiced by Kevin Conroy, uh, who for those who don't know is the classic voice of Batman in the '90s Batman animated series, yeah. as well as the Batman Arkham games. But uh, but yeah, Kevin Conroy does the voice of Captain Sunshine, who's like a, a Superman type character. Um, yeah. who has the power to like emit powerful solar rays, usually giving his enemies a pretty nasty sunburn. <laughs> Hospitalizing sunburns, but like enough to be yeah. like, red in your skin flake. Yeah, yeah. Like there was an episode where uh, he well, he showed up to fight the monarch and Dr. Mrs. the monarch um, to uh, <laughs> to save the Venture Brothers, but like he only saved Hank and left Dean because Hank looks like the recently deceased Wonder Boy. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, it's it was it was pretty goofy, and like uh and, and one of the best, well, the the best characters in the show, almost the main characters by the end of the series, if I'm being honest, the Monarch and his wife. Well, she was. Okay, so that's a little bit of a spoiler. She starts as his girlfriend, because it's the monarch and doctor girlfriend at the beginning. Okay. They're villains. They're the arch nemeses of Dr. Venture, who is kind of the show's real main character at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but, so, the, the monarch and doctor girlfriend, yeah, they, they do eventually get married. Doctor girlfriend is doctor fiance for one episode, and then um, every episode after that, she's doctor misses the monarch. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah so um but yeah the monarch and doctor misses the monarch they're like a power couple they are they are like the dream couple that's the kind of relationship i want to have <laughs> <laughs> and doctor misses the monarch because i think they had a pretty significant lack of like female voice actresses available for that first season yeah so a lot of women in the show are voiced by men, in particular the two co-creators of the show. Uh, uh, so Dr. Mrs. the Monarch is voiced by Doc Hammer, one of the uh, co-creators of the show. And the way he does her voice is like this. He deepens uh, his voice, goes for the whole manly aspect. And the thing is, you completely forget that that's even what her voice is like. Like by the time you're a few episodes into it, like it stops throwing you off almost right away. Because <laughs> after a while, it's like, yeah, that's just your voice, man. You know, it's just what yeah. it sounds like. You start to register that as a woman's voice by by the time you're, you know, in it. Yeah, so it's really well put together. But yeah, I recommend the Venture Brothers. They're supposed to be working on a movie right now. I hope that that's uh, going well. Because the movie's got a like it's supposed to serve as the true finale to the show. And it's got a few dangling threads to wrap up. So. Like the issue of the monarch's true parentage. Uh, what the heck were Dr. Venture and Billy Quizboy doing in um, that time machine in that one episode? That's weird. Uh, <laughs> and other such things. So, yeah. Um, that's that's kind of like my one recommendation for the week. What we do in the shadows is pretty funny. I've been watching it this week. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, 
other than that, I think I think that's it for the day. Nice. Alrighty. Well then, uh, this is store brand comics for the week. I have been To, and I've been Brandon. And now we are not, and we'll talk to you next week. Um, trying to think. I won't be able to. Well, no, no, next week I will. The week after I won't be able to. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, I mean, either way. Oh we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll I forgot. To you listener next week. Yeah. Um, true. Whether or not we're talking to each other next week is was the question. I guess I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Episode's over. Go away. <laughs>